All right, guys, we are back. This is episode 210 of the Morning Skate. 210 of these. Every time it goes up a number, I get a little uh, hot and bothered. But uh, we haven't done a pod in a little while. We've done a lot of interviews, but we had to hop back in here. There's a lot to talk about. Hal is on the IR, and by IR, I mean he's currently driving to hockey tonight. So uh, he's not with us. We brought in a couple. We brought in some new blood. We brought, we brought in uh, Jenkins, and I'm going to call him Billy the Kid just because I love that. I think that's the right thing to do. uh, Yeah. I think it it rolls off the tongue perfectly, but Jenkins, Billy, the kidder here. Uh, We'll start with Jenkins. Jenkins, introduce yourself. Who are you to our listeners who haven't heard you before? Who who are your teams? Who you write for? What do you got going on? Uh, So I'm Jenkins. I live in Calgary. I have nothing to do with the flames organization except for hating them because their fans stink. Um, I write Blackhawks stuff and, uh, Beer League uh, fighting my boss stories. Yeah, um, yeah just chilling. Anything Canada hockey, I, I kind of get dibs on because there's only like four of us, I think, on the squad. So, <laughs> Well, I love that. I can't believe that you're not a Flames fan. That's okay, though. But I just figured out a new uh, bunk mate if I ever head up to the Calgary Stampede, so I appreciate Bro, I told you. Back. Yeah. We're having a TMS party. We're going to have to rip up the stampede, just like country music and fucking buckle bunnies. It'll be A+. plus. We're also here with Billy the Kid. Billy the Kid, introduce yourself. What's up? I'm happy to be a black ace on the podcast tonight here. Uh, I'm from Long Island. I also hate my local team, just like Jenks. Uh, fuck the Islanders. Hope they lose tonight. And uh, I covered the Oilers at the beginning of the playoff run. And, and he's also a big Rangers fan. Which oh yeah, huge Ranger I know. Fan. He's, part of, he's part of the Rangers crew. Uh, text message that we have going out all the time. So, but fellas, thank you guys for joining. Before we kind of get started, I do want to take a second and just put this across the screen. <laughs> well, Ked's dead. Where'd he go? Just, just kidding. I'm back. It's I'm my back. Favorite thing that's ever happened. I'm back. Don't, don't worry. I'm back. But I also don't have anything to put across. No. Did I do it again? No, we're good. Okay. What's EMS 25? Can I branch? Check this shit out. Uh, everybody loves when I do the live thing because I'm not good at like taking this thing off when I'm going to do it. This is the Can I Boost Focus and Energize. We do have other stuff coming your way. Uh, Biz Dev's going to light that up whenever we get that. But. This is going to help me focus and energize throughout this uh, podcast. I'm going to try it again. CBD sublingual oil. That is promo code TMS25. Head over to canibrands.com where you can get all your CBD. I mean, I've been ripping the gym, so I've been using that fucking uh, that lotion that you put on to help your muscles relax yeah. a little bit. Much needed. I'm 30 now, so like things happen. I played softball the other day. Couldn't get out of bed for two days. Not making that up. So uh, it comes out. It comes out. you quick. But with uh, Can I Brands, they definitely help you out. Check it out. Again, that's CMS25 promo code. I love how we just persevered through that little technical difficulty. I appreciate you guys staying on. Let's hop in to NHL in the news. I got to find this video, and hopefully I don't fuck this all up. Here we go. Okay, well... If, if you've listened to the podcast, you know I'm a giant Rangers fan. So, obviously, our first thing that we're going to talk about today is New York Rangers have themselves a new head coach. They went out and they hired Gerard Gallant. If you guys don't know who Gerard Gallant is, uh, you're seeing what Vegas is doing in the playoffs, however many years. Gerard Gallant was a huge piece of that puzzle. Uh, he also coached with the Florida Panthers organization. My only, I guess, riff behind this is he's been fired twice pretty 
short into the terms of his contract once he was left without like a cab, which really sucked. And then the second time the organization that he got to the Stanley cup finals in their first year, they fired him and then hired their rivals head coach. So both times he's been fired a little shaky. Like, I don't think you just kind of leave an NHL head coach without a cab ride home or, or just like hiring, you know, the cross state rival, but he is coming to uh, going to come to New York from all intents and purposes. They say that he's a player's coach that he lets the players play. Um, he doesn't really, I guess, finagle with lines. He normally keeps those the same. He treats everybody the same in terms of somebody has a bad game. He'll glue you to the bench, but the next game he doesn't hold grudges, which I also really, really like to see. Uh, Billy, I'm going to start with you because you're also a Rangers fan. What, what do you have on this hire? Are you, are you pretty pumped about this? I mean, in terms of who they could hire, I think they definitely got the best guy, but what definitely. do you have? I think it was the best available coach, unless you're going to look at, like, maybe bringing back Tortorella. I was thinking that might have been a good idea. But, uh, I mean, I like this hire for sure. I also like the rumors that Dan Girardi might come in as an assistant. I think that would be sick to bring him back. I think he was with Buffalo when they started to rebound last year. So he's kind of got a good track record already. Um, ultimately, I just want to see him let the kids play. I want to see Lafreniere and Kako on the power play more. I uh, didn't get nearly enough time last year. They got 71 minutes for Lafreniere and 63 for Kako. Well, meanwhile, Kreider had 180, and Blackwell almost played the same amount of power play time. So that, to me, was like one of the stupidest things David Quinn did. And uh, I hope he changes that around. I want to see way less Brett Howden, and I want to see way more Morgan Barron. And uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, give Kravtsov and Jones some more looks on the power play, too, and uh, just bring that trademark fast-paced heavy four-check game that he had in uh, Vegas and with Team Canada in the Worlds this year. So, Billy, very well spoken. I, I, I think I agree with literally everything that you just said. The one thing that always kind of blew my mind this year is you had – the second overall pick and the first overall pick, and they weren't even sniffing the top unit of, a, of the power. That doesn't make any sense to me. I know Buchnevich is, is a pretty good player, and he really rounded out his game well this year. Incredible, is sick in front of the net, deflecting pucks, whatever the fuck you want to say about that. And then you have Zibanejad, Panera, and I think those two for sure are, are 100% power play players. But the fact that like your first overall pick and your second overall pick should be getting touches, they should be getting that experience on those power play because you don't want them just to develop into third-line players like – no. You picked them first and second overall to be game changers. And to me, that was huge. Uh, Morgan Barron over Brett Howden. Hopefully Howden gets taken by Seattle. Jenkins, what do you have on this? What do you, what do you have on Gerard Glock going to New York? I'm glad that Bill mentioned something about Canada because he's now <laughs> the first, he's now the first international head coach to win a gold medal after starting the tournament. Oh, and three. I think that matters. Perseverance. Guys swinging, swinging from the hip. Um, another thing I read too, is that he's, he's not about like developing the young guys and he's not going to be focused on like, you know, winning later. He's like, no, we're going to win. Now we have the talent, we have the skill, which goes like exactly to what Bill said, right? Like you got these young kids who like definitely should be at least sniffing power play time. And I think at this point now it's going to be best players play. And like if, if Lafreniere and, and Kako, like they're going to come up, they're going to show they got it and they're going to get minutes. Yeah. No. And I think that that's huge. I know. Um, Larry Brooks, I'm pretty sure, interviewed Yarmir Yager in the post, and Yager had nothing but great things to say about him. He said he was instrumental in Barkov and Huberto's career. Uh, he loved. He said that the star players are really going to be able to thrive under a coach like Gerard Gallant. Um, I'm just glad David Quinn's not there. I think anything would be an upgrade from that. Uh, but 
I'm pumped. He also has like this sick, like light blue suit that he, that I've seen pictures of him wearing and I can't wait for him to fucking pull that out on opening night. I think that would be pretty cool, but all in all for what was on the board. And I know the Rangers were, they were kind of waiting to see what was going to happen with Rod Brindamore, which we're going to talk about next. I think they were kind of figuring out, okay, is he going to go back to Carolina? If he's not going to Carolina, is he going to go to Seattle and hang out with his like boy, Ron Francis, or is he going to be available? Ultimately, I think the Rangers figured out that he wasn't going to be leaving Carolina, so the Rangers hired Jared Gallant. Now, Rod the Bod signed a three-year extension at a hometown clip, and he won the Jack Adams Award. He's going back to Carolina. I think Rod Brindamore, I mean, obviously he, he won the award for the best coach of the year, but I mean, the proof's in the pudding, man. Like, this guy has turned Carolina into a wagon, and I hate Carolina just because of the stupid shit that they do after they win games. But they're a good hockey team, dude. They're fast. They play 200-foot game, and they're talented. And, like, I almost think that that's kind of what the Rangers want to be. I think the Rangers have a little bit more star power in terms of, like, a Panarin and a Zibanejad, but I think that that's kind of what they want their teams to be like that, right? And I know a couple years ago the Rangers talked about how they wanted to be harder to play against, they weren't harder to play against this year. Obviously, you saw what happened with Tom Wilson and Artemi Panarin, but they have that in Carolina. So I think Rod Brindamore, the hometown clip, it, he just seems like he loves it there. Like he's just a hurricane through and through. Yeah. And you you can appreciate shit like that. I remember, I think they sang happy birthday to his old man during the playoffs, and that was a really cool moment. And then when he was awarded the uh, the coach of the year, the Jack Adams, like he, he thanked everybody. He's like, this is like a family. And I thought it was cool how he gave his video coach a shout out. He's like, this is my right hand man. Because you don't really hear about video coaches that often in the NHL. Like you, you have like your NHL head coach and you have your associate coaches on the bench. But those guys that do the, the stupid fucking things at like three 30 in the morning, they're looking at video while you're sleeping. And then you wake up the next day and you have an entire like PowerPoint presentation about like what either happened that night or what to do against the next team. So I thought that was cool that he was going out and he was giving people credit where credit is due. Now, what do you guys have on Rod Brindamore going back to Carolina? First off, is there any coach that you're like pretty sure his players would die for immediately? Then then Scarface, Rod the Bod. Like the guy's an absolute fucking killer. Name the Selkie trophy after him because he basically owned it the entire time he was in the league. (laughs) War number 17. It's hanging in the rafters in his home arena now. Signed on the 17th which is just like a dumb little stat, but it's fun. Cool. Um, that moment, yeah, that video where they're singing happy birthday to his dad, he's so juiced when he's explaining, like he's pacing across the, like yeah. the guy just loves puck. And like, not only that, he loves being in Carolina. It's, it's huge. Like, and like Jack Adams was almost a giveaway at this point. Like it was definitely his, in my opinion, like most of the end of the season. He's the only head coach in Carolina history to win or to make the playoffs in three consecutive seasons, which is it's an old franchise three in a row should not be that big a deal, but it is. Um, Yeah. I like, I love it for him. And I like that. He's like sticking around too. like, I think Carolina needs him just as much as, you know, he needs them. Like, I think he's huge for that organization. Like outside of even just winning games, like just having like somebody there who's been there, who's done that. And you don't have to like really worry about that. Like that's huge in terms of like an organization and that with their fan. I mean, they they have fans now, but they didn't really have fans not that long ago. So uh, Billy, Billy, what do you have on this one? I mean, I look at, they have so much cap space going into next year. So you look at what that roster is right now and what he's been able to pull out of it. He's turned Marty Nietzsche into a superstar overnight. Uh, Look at like a guy like Warren Fogle, who they might not be able to hold on to him. I think he's going to be catching a big ticket in free agency. But uh, you turned him into a hell of a bottom six player. Just look at that roster a few years ago, and it's still a lot of the same guys. And he's been able to pull so much more out of it than anyone else has. 
And I think it speaks to like Jenkins. I think the guys in that room would literally take a bullet for that guy, and it really shows on the ice. No, a hundred percent. You know who wouldn't take a bullet for Rob Brindamore though? Dougie Hamilton would not take a bullet for Rob Brindamore because Dougie (laughs) Hamilton has been granted permission to talk to other teams. He's an an upcoming unrestricted free agent. I want nothing to do with him. I'm hoping the Rangers don't even begin to sniff at this guy. I'm probably going to get a lot of shit for this, but there's that whole museum thing. It was the whole him being in Boston and not really fitting in the locker room. And I understand that like, Oh, everybody has feelings now and shit like that. But I've been on teams where you have two or three dudes who are just weird as shit. And it fucking, and it sucks going to the rink. Cause you're like, Oh, I hope I don't have to fucking be on a line with this guy. Dougie Hamilton kind of gives me that vibe because he's a hell of a fucking defenseman. But why, why can't he stick with one team? He's been in the league for how long, and he's that good, and you're telling me he can't stick with one team? To me, that's a red flag. I don't want anything to do with him. Uh, I think there's talks that maybe he's going to be going to Seattle for some stuff. I, I, I don't know what's going to happen here, but what do you guys have on Dougie Hamilton? He's been good teams, and he can't stick around. It's not like he's in like toxic locker rooms that are like struggling to win games. If he's not able to stick around with those teams, he's the problem. Uh, like you said, he's definitely a hell of a defenseman. Obviously puts up a lot of points, but he's not bad in his own end either. Um, if someone can iron out whatever his attitude problem is, then he could be one of the best D in the league. But clearly there's something up with him that I don't want on the Rangers, that's for sure. Right, and I would have thought like Carolina would have been a good home for him, right? Like you're not like really out in the media that much. It seems like th- they've, they've been winning all these games that you won the playoffs. It's wild to me that he wouldn't want to be like, okay, this is my home now. And that kind of – I don't like that. Jenkins, what do you got? So the only thing I like can see this happening is like if he doesn't just like end up just being unprotected or they're going to do a sign and trade or whatever. But the big thing that I keep seeing, again, it's probably because I'm absorbing so much Canadian media, but everyone is saying like – Dougie Hamilton to the Maple Leafs, Morgan Riley's going the other way. And like, you have this guy who's like essentially silently proving that he's probably like the reason that locker rooms get toxic, like Bill said. And you're going to give away like a top four D guy on like a team that's like very, very close to having like exactly what they need to win a cup, which like the last time they won a cup, my dad was six years old. So like, you know, maybe, maybe you focus on what you got and you keep building around that core because. You're right. Like, there's obviously a reason he's not sticking around. There's obviously something they're not telling us. But most of the stuff is hey, Canadian media, like classic. Is he going to the Leafs or is he not going to the Leafs? Yeah, but you just mentioned Canadian media. Like, that would be the last place I would want Dougie Hamilton to play in Toronto. Right? Like, are you shitting me? The <laughs> Toronto media absolutely fucking oh my stinks. God, they would tear him apart for any little thing. Do you remember like, what they did to poor hot dog Phil, man? Yeah, man. And you're telling me this this guy's going to go to a museum on an off day after they lose like a fucking first round next year and the media is not going to rip him apart? Like, nah. I, I I don't see it happening. I I can't believe he's leaving Carolina because to me, it, it just seems like a fucking perfect fit and he, he doesn't want to be there. But speaking of doesn't want to be there. He's going to catch a lot of money in parades. Right. No matter right. where he goes. So, I hope it's not the Rangers because we just got over the D'Angelo thing. The last thing we need is another right-handed deal with an added throw. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I'm so happy that D'Angelo thing happened to another team that was not mine. <laughs> it just it, – I don't want to talk about D'Angelo. I'm going to get sad. But let's, let's stay on players who don't want to be where they want to be. Jack Eichel news. Uh, apparently, the Ducks are the favorites to get Jack Eichel. The third overall, third overall pick apparently is in play. The Ducks told Columbus earlier that Zegers and, and Drysdale were not options in a trade for Pierre-Luc Dubois. What about now? 
Uh, is this something where you see his egress go to Buffalo? If Dude, it's so hard fucking pretending like you have any idea what these trades are going to be because it seems like every year a big name goes to go and everybody thinks they're going to get all this shit and then they end up getting absolutely nothing. So but if you're Buffalo, I feel like you have to get stuff, but Jack Eichel's so pissed off. You don't want that distraction around. There's been reports that it's going to happen sooner rather than later. I don't know if Buffalo did that to see if they could get more shit from people, but um, I, I mean, I haven't seen the Rangers involved in his name here in the last couple of weeks, and to me – that okay. only makes, yeah, but it makes me only think that they're very heavily in on it. Like if you look at the Rangers, normally you don't really know they're going to get it until they get it, and it's like Bob McKenzie at last seconds, like, oh yeah, by the way, the Rangers are going to get this guy. Like it happens all the fucking time, and it's almost too quiet. And I feel like that's giving me some heebie-jeebies. I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, there's no way Eichel starts next year on Buffalo, right? No, no chance. And like, I don't blame him nearly as much as I blame Dougie for like. Dougie doesn't want to leave or Dougie, sorry, Dougie wants to leave Carolina, but like, we don't know why. And we don't know what's going on there. Like, can you blame Jack? I go for a goddamn second. Like you need to get out of there, but like also is transitioning to Anaheim. Like the answer to like, I want to make the playoffs. And if you're a ducks fan, like, do you really want to see Zegers go the other way? Cause that kid fucks. He looks good. He looks really, (laughs) really, really good. Like he bodied the entire Canadian team in the world juniors. It's my favorite time of the year. And he ruined it for me. So and I, I just, the kid's so good. And like Eichel's obviously also like a massively skilled player and he's going to bring like success with him wherever he goes. But I hate when these like things happen where like this guy's frustrated and he wants to leave and it's a high draft pick because the team that he's allegedly going to go to is also not doing super fantastic. It's just like, if you want the guy to go somewhere, like trade him somewhere successful, bring confirmed, like established pieces back the other way, they're going to get Buffalo over the hump. It, I mean, it is Buffalo, though. Like, you never really know what the fuck they're going to do. I, they need, I don't to, they need to bring back those red and chrome jerseys. That's their primary problem. I don't True. I don't hate that idea at all. Billy, where, where do you think Eichel ends up? I don't know where he ends up. I'm going to say probably on the West Coast, probably as far away from Buffalo as they could get him is what they would like. Um, what, I just, what I think about Eichel is that that surgery that he's trying to get, it's not even like no NHL player has ever gotten this. There's no professional athlete that has gotten that type of surgery on record and has gone on. I don't even know if it's happened in general, but they definitely haven't come back to have a career afterwards. So um, that's just what worries me and why I really don't want to see him the Rangers because he's going to bring in a king's ransom. And if he can't come back and play like Jack Eichel was playing in his first three years in the league, then whatever franchise gets him is going to pay for like 10 years. Yeah. And, and Chicago's gotten in on the the Eichel sweepstakes as well, and I don't love it because the initial what they're expecting to see come back the other way is Kirby Doc and the eleventh overall pick, which like, but that's Chicago's model, and it makes me so mad. Like they won all these cups, and then all of a sudden they had like they had Panarin, they had Brandon Saad. It's like, all right, so we're gonna win now, and then we're gonna take an absolute young stud, and we're gonna sell him for way less than he's worth, and then we're basically just gonna act as like a farm team for other teams like in our division like i'm glad that panarin went at least to you guys who are going to use him effectively and he's absolutely killing it there like they traded brandon sod to colorado so he just fists them like six times a year and like i don't care for that yeah no and chicago for me if chicago is in the mix jonathan taste is done right he's not coming back i don't think he is man like i i have my thoughts and like i won't air them out here because Again, like it's all speculation and it's not necessarily the most pleasant of speculations. I don't think Jonathan Taves is coming back. That's He's so bad, dude. I really hope he does. 
To me, me so I, I would I would kind of argue it the other way, where if they were to pick up Jack Eichel, to me, that would be Chicago thinks they're in a win now mode, and mm-hmm. I don't think you're in a win now mode without Jonathan Taves. But if, let's say you get Jack Eichel and Jonathan Taves comes back, and now you have Taves, Eichel, uh, DeBrinket, Patty Kane. I mean, those are some pretty good fucking forwards, dude. It's a it's a huge lineup. But like my big concern with Jonathan Taves coming back is like we heard nothing and have continued to hear nothing. No one has a clue. Is it an illness? Like he said, he wasn't feeling great, but like, is it like an internal injury? Like it could be any number of things. It could be any combination of things. And the fact that we've heard so little and so consistently little from so many sources, it stresses me out because he's like, he's not old by any stretch of the imagination, but like, Whatever's happening is clearly serious enough that, like, I'm concerned as a Chicago fan. Yeah, dude. And, like, that shit doesn't happen. Like, normally there'd be a leak somewhere or, like, some sort of speculation. That was Jonathan Taves just being like, hey, I'm not going to play this year. And then nobody asked a single fucking question, like, afterwards. Literally the only thing we got was at the start of the year, like, hey, I felt like shit for, like, two months. But that's all we've still continued to hear. Like, we haven't heard any updates. Like, hey, I still feel shitty. Or, like, hey, I'm starting to feel better. It's like, nope, I felt like shit in training camp and I took the year off. Like. Are you taking forever off then? Because I need you. Because yeah. you are like apart from Sidney Crosby, he's probably the most successful captain of this era, right? Oh yeah, and, uh, even, in Canadian, even, even more. Yeah, Canadian history. You look at the shit that Jonathan Taves has won with, with all the Olympic golds and like World Juniors and all that shit, and Stanley Cups, dude. Like that guy's a winner. Yeah. Like, like describe Jonathan Taves' career win. The cap, they call him Captain Serious, and it's exactly that. The guy's never smiled at his entire career, but he's, he's winning cups, and I don't care. And he's so good. But hopefully, into the Patrick Kane Yang, like just the complete opposite personality, but they mesh together and it's nothing but success. Yeah. I don't know. I hope I hope he comes back. Hope he's all right. It's gonna be interesting to see what happens with Lykle. Uh So the Minnesota Wild were fun for about uh, three months, and now Kaprizov contract talks with the Wild have gone cold. He's back in Russia right now. Uh, there's a KHL team trying to sign him. Weeksy came out with a uh, tweet earlier this week saying that there's a pretty good chance he goes back to the KHL. I've never seen anything like this. I've never seen a Russian kid come over here and rip up the NHL and be like, well, that was like kind of fun, but I'm just going to go home now. And they're going to back the Brinks truck up to his little house too. Oh, like, my God. Like, if you're Minnesota, you need him. Like, you need that guy. He, he changed your team that has been nothing but dull and boring pretty much since they've been in the league to a team that, like, people wanted to watch. And then you're like, uh, like, are you not trying to pay him enough money? Is that what not only mean? not only has he only played one season, he played a single shortened season, one rookie of the year, and then said, "Fuck you guys, I'm going home." Yeah, insane. <laughs> and and like Minnesota is supposed to be the state of hockey. Like in the United States, that's supposed to be like hockey, hockey, hockey. Yeah. What? Like I, I don't know. I for Minnesota's sake, I hope he comes back. For Matt Zuccarello's sake, I hope he comes back. Because him and Zuc had some pretty good magic there. But oh, yeah. I've never seen anything like this. He comes over for one year, rips it up, and then just says, hey, like, thanks, but no thanks. Yeah, because the team that's going to sign him. Yeah. yeah. The team that's going to sign him is the team that holds, like, holds his rights in the KHL. He played, I think, three years there before he came over to Minnesota. Yeah. Um, sure. the, the Artemi Panarin Rookie of the Year model. Um, but they're also the richest team in the league. Like, they're going to pay him boatloads of money that, like, the NHL literally just can't get because of the cap. Right. right, but like they're literally just like, "Hey, do you want to be the richest man in Russia? Here you go, come play yeah. hockey for us." Do you want to be the richest man in Russia, or do you want to be like the eighth richest player on the Minnesota Wild? <laughs> and he'll be the best player in that league. 
Yeah, probably. Well, I would think so. So in the in the three years he was there, he scored 153 points in 160 games. So like the dude was an absolute stud as like a young kid. It was like, all right, I've done it over here, and now I'm gonna go win a quick Calder Trophy or Calder. Yeah, Calder Trophy, not a Calder Cup. And then I'm gonna just skip on back home, and you guys can give just me all of the money. Was that the yeah. same Calder? Was the Calder Trophy and the Calder Cup named after the same person? I got to imagine they are. I haven't looked into it. I'll find out. You guys keep talking. I would love to know that because that's that's a super important person. If that's if that's what's going on, dude, getting two trophies named after you. Where the fuck's the Jimmy Collins trophy? That's four Only in Minnesota. Maybe this would happen to Buffalo. That's the only other team I could think of. That yes, it is. It is named after the same person, Frank Calder, first president of the National Hockey League. Damn, dude, super important guy. We need it's unbelievable that this is happening. Yeah, I I feel bad for Minnesota. I hope he comes back to Minnesota, but we'll see. Those are, the Russians are kind of weird, man. Love them as, as love, a hockey fan. Yeah. yeah, as a hockey fan, I hope he does come back because, like, obviously the league's better with like skilled players in it. As a avid fan of a team in the Central Division, I could care less. Go back, make your money, dude. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, that's going to be a lot of money. Um, one last story before we get into our playoff talk: Zach Hyman is reportedly done with the Leafs. Uh, he's gonna be 28 years old, but he's about to get paid. Where does Zach Hyman go? How much do you pay Zach Hyman? To me, and it's probably way easier said than done. If you're the Rangers, you get fucking rid of Chris Kreider as soon as you possibly can, and you bring in this guy. I'm I'm very aware Chris Kreider can score goals. I've been told that Zach Hyman doesn't have uh, any talent in his tool belt, but that guy, if the oh, Rangers want, if that if that guy wants, if the Rangers want to be harder to play against. I would put Zach Hyman in top 10 in the league in terms of going into the corner and being able to successfully have the puck when you leave. Like he is, he's a Wolverine dude. He's well, pun intended. He did go to Michigan. He's all over the puck. That's that's all he fucking does. He creates turnovers. He flies. He's not really afraid of anybody. Um, I'm aware he probably won't score 40 goals a year. The age thing is kind of shitty. So he is 28 years old. He's definitely going to get paid and whatever contract that goes is going to end up really sucking real bad towards the end of it. But where do you guys think Zach Hyman goes and what do the Leafs do to fill that? So my opinion on him leaving the Leafs, and I think it actually is not a bad thing for either player, right? Like the Leafs can't afford to pay him because they have these guys they got to worry about paying going forward. But when you look at the Leafs roster, he's like in like the seventh to like 12th best player on that team, right? Like you got Matthews, you got Marner, you got Tavares, you got Nylander, you got Morgan Riley, who again might be leaving. TJ Brody, Jake Muzzin, Jack Campbell, like he's not a, like an upper echelon, like top tier guy. Like he fills those roles with Matthews and Marner so, so well. The problem is like he deserves, and like, like you said, the guy's an absolute animal. He's all over the puck. He's everywhere you fucking look anytime he's on the ice. He deserves to get paid, but he's not going to get paid like the role player that he is in Toronto. Whereas like you said, if you drop Kreider and you pick him up in New York, like you guys can give him the money he deserves and take that, like what he brings to the table and it's a it's a massive benefit, I think, to both parties. You know, you, I don't know what their cap situation's like right now, but if somehow they got rid of people and they were able to afford them, if he went to the Pittsburgh and played with Sidney Crosby, that would not shock me at all. And he would fucking rip it up. All he would do It'd is be Crosby. And that's, and that's exactly the type of player Crosby yeah. needs. And I I want nothing to do with that. No, it would suck. It would be so bad. <laughs> The new Pascal Dupuis or Chris Kuhn, it's just that guy. Yeah, he's just like a less skilled, more tenacious version of those guys. 100%. Yeah. And, like, I, I, I don't even know where else. He, 
you could put the cool thing about him is you can put him anywhere in the fucking lineup, like literally anywhere in the lineup. He's going to, he's like a Jesper fast, but like three times who Jesper fast is, at least in my opinion, I know a lot of Rangers fans like love sucking that guy off, but I just, I don't know. I, I love the way Hyman plays. I don't know if he goes to New York. I honestly have no idea what New York's going to do this year. Cause they're clearly going to do something just because you can't fire everybody and then just stay pat with the same fucking roster. So There's very nervous. That's too. what happens. Exactly. So I don't know. I, I don't know. But what do the Leafs like? Who do the Leafs put in that role if you're getting rid of Hyman? Like that's a big awesome. Jumbo Joe again. Fuck it. I guess, man. I I think I understand why they wouldn't pay him that money because they don't have the money to pay him. But I also don't know how much of a loss. Like if they know how much of a loss that will be with their team. It'll hurt. Yeah, yeah, that'll hurt the Leafs bad. But let's get into some playoff talk. Uh, we have two series going on. They're both tied 2-2. I think the game's on right now. Uh, the Knights and the Habs are both tied 2-2. Both Islanders tied 2-2. Uh, let's start with the Knights and the Habs. The Habs had the Golden Knights on the ropes, almost went up 3-1, and um, Vegas won in overtime to tie it up 2-2. I thought it was a put-your-balls-on-the-table move to sit Flurry and put Robin Leonard in that game, especially because Robin Leonard hasn't really played all that much in a long time, and the fucking guy did it. I'm, this is a pro-Robin Leonard podcast. We've talked about this. Anybody with a neck tattoo, I'd love to hang out with. And he came and he performed and he, he even said like he looked at Twitter before the game to like motivate him because he knew everybody was going to talk shit about it. Like it was nice to see Robin Leonard go in and do that. Now they're tied to two. Do you, do you go back to Leonard? Do you go back to flurry? I don't know what the fuck you do, but I, I want to ask you guys this. Now I've watched a little bit of it, of the playoffs. I haven't watched a ton of them to be completely honest with you, but it seems like there's a lot of people who are big mad at the reps right now. And there, there was a picture of Suzuki. Yeah, there's a picture of Suzuki getting punched in the face. Uh, it seemed like the Habs really got fucked over last game. It seems like the all the Lightning people are talking about how the fucking Islanders don't get calls on them. The New York Saints, uh, Bruce Cassidy. Can you guys fill me in? Like, what's going on in the refs? Are they just running? I, I understand there's a different rule book in regular season and playoffs. And normally I'm okay with that. I think in playoffs, they kind of let the boys play a little bit more but it seems like some of these non-calls are like so fucking egregious that you cannot absolutely believe that they're not calling anything. I honestly think they're they're at the point. Yeah. Like I think they're at the point where like these non-calls are makeup calls because they fucking blown something so bad. Like everyone was pissy when Corey Perry got the puck. It was a puck. I looked into it. It was super, super slow-mo when it was a puck, but like everyone's like, Oh, even like the, the radio announcers, I was driving home the one day and they were like, Oh, like he got slashed in the face. I can't believe that's a non-call. He's bleeding all over the place. It was a puck. So like, that's the one I'll let the refs off the hook for, but like, it's been, yeah, like bad, bad, but like across the board. So I don't think any of the four remaining teams can complain because every single one of them is getting just absolutely screwed at like along the line. It's just a matter of when it happens. And if it's like a huge swing moment. So it's been consistently shitty. It's not just shitty for like one or two exactly. teams. It's just like, Okay. So the, the phrase consistently shitty across the board, but like yeah. even even for NHL ref standards, it's bad, bad. Like Billy, I was what do you got? Last round, I was thinking the Bruins were getting the, the short end of the stick, but like this round against Tampa, Islanders have gotten on their way, and so Tampa, it's just been so inconsistent on both sides that I can't say either team has the refs in their corner anymore. But uh, like with. With Vegas, with the Suzuki getting punched in the face right in front of the ref, and he just stares him down and doesn't put his hand up to make the call. And uh, I thought that was a 
uh, I thought in the last Islander game, it was a pretty big miss call on uh, Clutterbuck when he hit Kucherov in the head. It came, it came back to the call. And the commentators were saying, like, oh, he didn't have a choice. He, he had to hit him there. But he didn't have to hit him in the head. Right. And hit, a headshot isn't a roughing call. So to right. me, it's like just too many things going by the wayside, going over the referees' heads. It's embarrassing. It's really frustrating to watch. No, and, and I understand that there's definitely some people who like have the right to be upset, but you we all know hockey Twitter, they are the most dramatic little bitches of all time. So like any any little call goes one way and like people are demanding that like this game needs to be replayed or we this ref should not ref another NHL hockey game ever again, which I mean I I guess I kind of understand. You didn't see me saying that shit when Henry Klumquist got ran over by Dwight King, which cost us the Stanley Cup. You didn't see me doing that. I wasn't throwing a little hissy fit. You know what I'm you saying? You probably deserve to at that point as well. But but I just I it, it's wild, and I understand ref refing is like such a hard fucking thing, dude. Because even when you get it right, it's not like people really give a shit about you. But when you get it wrong, people give a shit about you in the worst way, and. It, but it just seems like it's every fucking night something happens like this. Like normally, like in the playoffs, it's like every other game, every once in a while you hear about it. It's like every minute the game's on, people are pissed once off. Like, what the fuck going nuts? It's insane. It's nuts. But all right, night tabs. What do you guys have on this series? Uh, my only thing. There's a reason why Carey Price is voted every single year as the best goal in the National Hockey League by players. And you have all these analytical nerd dickheads who say no way because there's so many zone entries and and all the faceoff data show that Carey Price is a terrible goalie. Hey, bud, have you watched any of these fucking playoffs without Carey Price? The Habs would have been fucking dusted a long time ago. Like Carey Price, to me, this could be if the Habs make the cup or whatever, and then they end up losing in the cup final. Like it has that feeling that he would still get the con Smythe because of how important he's been to the Montreal Canadiens. That and also the Corey Perry, Eric Stahl, and Joel Armia line. A bunch of people that nobody really wanted. Everybody kind of wrote them off. Those guys are fucking buzzing every single time they're on the ice. I love to see that shit. Corey Perry's like become endearing throughout this playoff run, which is insane because yeah. normally everybody hates him. But now like it's like, okay, like let's go Paris. Here we go. And Eric Stahl, he's banging. Cole Caulfield looks sick. Uh, Nick Suzuki is a fucking hell of a hockey player. Stud. He's so good. He does just the little, the littlest shit so well. Um, it's 2-2. I fucking feel like Vegas is probably going to end up winning this fucking series. Yeah. It pisses me off. But it's weird that I'm rooting for the Canadians, but like I'm really rooting for the Canadians because it would be really fucking cool to see them go to the cup final. Yeah, like I think it's important it. you Yeah, I yeah. think it's important you mentioned that like Island of Misfit Toys line with with Stahl yeah. and, and Perry. And also for the second year in a row now, the the finals are Vegas or the semifinals are Vegas, Tampa, uh, New York, and the team that Corey Perry is on. Um, interesting that is because Dallas was the only other team that was different, but I, so like I'm rooting for the Habs, but like only so that the Leafs fans in my life, like I grew up just outside of Toronto. Like I've been surrounded them by them my entire life. I just want the Habs to win so that the Leafs fans in my life will be sad. Also because Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki are both just nasty at hockey. And because Carey Price went to the NHL awards with his wife's panties in his pocket, the guy deserves a cup. Give it to him now. Shout out Nick Moraldo for putting that back on my radar. Cause I completely forgot that happened. Um, but you're right. But I think it's interesting with the Vegas thing now where 
we're having the exact opposite of what happened last year. We're like, they were playing Leonard, they were playing Leonard and it's, you know, do we, do we finally rest Leonard and play flurry? And this year it's now like flurry's been killing it, but he absolutely blows it in like one instant of one game. And now do we start Leonard? Was last year the time when the agent came out with the sword in flurry's yeah. back? Was that what happened? Was that last year? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Jeez, dude, how, how, look how far we've come. But and we're on the exact opposite end of it. Yeah. Flurry's been playing like an absolute king all year, and he made a mistake, and it wasn't a great moment in Flurry's life, but like he's done dumber things. I don't know if anyone wants to go back and look at how the uh, World Juniors ended when he shot a puck off a U.S. forward's chest on the forecheck, and they ended up losing. But in my so, mind, yeah. I think they're going back to Flurry because I got in the this was to give flurry rest it wasn't all about that one mistake he made is that he's been playing all the games heavy minutes and that he's going to get one game rest regardless of the result i had a feeling back in but i could be totally wrong i mean leonard was pretty lights out that game too so that kind of changes the narrative a little bit in my opinion but um i expect to see flurry back it's so hard not to start a goalie that just won a game in the playoffs. Exactly. Like, me, like when you do that, exactly. If, if you fuck yourself as a Vegas coach, well, I, it's weird because you either start Leonard and you guys get fucking beat 3-1 and then everybody thinks you're a fucking idiot for starting Leonard and then you go back to Flurry, or you start Leonard and he wins and now what the fuck do you do? <laughs> like, I don't I don't know what they're going to do. do. Who do you guys have winning this series? Realistically, I have Vegas winning the series. I think they're deeper. I think that like Montreal's skill guys, like they have like the Caulfields, the Suzuki's and the, the Island of Misfit Toys line. But I think like in terms of just like top to bottom roster, like scoring depth, I think Vegas is there. And like goaltending is such a wild card because Carey Price is always going to be a stud. And it just depends on who DeBoer puts in on the other side of the ice. Right. Where we're at in the playoffs right now, I couldn't tell you who's going to go to the next round. Like, really, I just feel like whoever I say, the other team's going to win at this point. Right. Everything's 2-2. Two, two, everything's even. Um, Montreal's looked really good, though, and I really don't want to count them out because I really want to see Carey Price make a run. At the- I want to say I'll take a Montreal for this series. Yeah, and uh, I think you kind of just nailed it on the head, man. I don't – both series are tied 2-2, and I don't think there's a human being on planet Earth that really knows who's going to win these series. And in terms of, like, playoff hockey, right now. in playoff hockey, though, like, that's peak playoff hockey. Like, that's oh, yeah. cool yeah. You know what I, I mean? I hope they both go to seven. I hope the finals go to seven. Like, give me eight, nine games. I don't give a shit. Let's do it. <laughs> fucking yeah, I'm with you on that. So, actually, let's move on. We have Tampa Bay and, and uh, New York. Series is tied 2-2. Um, my tidbits from this. I'm going to hate saying this. I think the New York Islanders might have the best fans in the league. I'm just going to say it in terms of how fucking interesting take how loud their fucking barn is that the New York Islanders, like when people talk about home ice advantage, that is what home ice advantage is. And listen, like I know a lot of diehard New York Rangers fans, Billy, myself, we have a whole text group. I think we're diehard, but when you go to Rangers games, you don't see too many of us. You see a lot of people in fucking suits that don't really have any idea what's going on in the game. Their bosses gave them a ticket. You had to bring a couple people out. You want to look like a celebrity. Oh, there's Margot Robbie over there. There's Susan Sarandon. There's Jimmy Fallon, who's a fucking loser because he's also <laughs> a small I just feel like I was hoping Islanders, you mentioned that. <laughs> dude, the Islanders, man, like their barn is so loud and their fans love them so much. They really do. Like, and yeah, I fucking hate the Islanders. And I, 
Dude, it is. And I hate Islanders fans and I hate the Islanders, but in terms of like, it, I think it's so fucking cool what they do for that team. I th- like, I wish the Rangers had that. And I think like yeah, probably no, back no, in the no, early no, 90s. No. Yeah, dude. It's just, they're I, not- I want to go to the college for I mean, I'll go in a Rangers jersey with the bag over my head. I don't <laughs> care. I want to get building right now. It's, it, dude, it's nuts. Uh, I saw a quote. I think Barry Trotz said that the Clutterbuck, Matt Martin line, and Casey Zizekas, they played playoff hockey all year. They have no idea how to play the game other than that. What a fucking cool quote to hear from your coach. I loved hearing that from them. And it's weird, dude. Like, I don't think I'm rooting for the Islanders, but I just hate the fucking Tampa Bay Lightning so much. I feel like all they do is fucking cry, and they think that shit should be handed to them and given to them. And you're like, in terms of talent, you look at the talent between the two teams. Tampa Bay is clearly more talented. Like, from start yeah. to finish, I, I don't even think it's close. But, like, that's why the Islanders are kind of cool because they fucking play so hard. Th- that Josh Bailey goal the other night when I think Bavillier dropped it back to Brock the Scientist Nelson who did, like, a fucking 360 pass into space with Bailey coming in and, and shooting and scoring from, like, deep. That's a play you see Tampa do. That's not normally a play that you see the fucking New York Islanders do. And they're buzzing, dude. And you have Barzell. I am kind of over the whole fucking defenseman who staved that goal and everybody wants to create a statue for him. Win the yeah. cup win the cup and then we'll talk about that because that would be a pretty key yeah, thing. But you get all three get- stars of that game and then we stop talking about it. <laughs> exactly. But if they get dusted the next two games and you guys are out of the out of the playoffs, like do we remember that play? I'm sure some of the Islanders like diehard fans will, but like Calm down. Also, nobody talked about it. that. Was a sick play by McDonough. Like that was. Yeah, it was so nasty. Cool. I, wish I wish you shot before the spin, dude. It, yeah, but like, I would say fucking ninety nine times out of a hundred, that defenseman's not there in that net, and that yeah. was fucking like the spinorama. He had a lot on that backhand too. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know. Serious tied two two. Matt Martin scored when his uh, I think his brother in law was getting married. Uh, I love seeing Matt Martin tell, he said, uh, he said something along the lines like, yeah, they know that I want to be there, but they know that I have bigger things going on in my life. Like your brother just got married. Cardboard cut out of him at the wedding. Dude, that was fucking cool. I don't know. I just want the Habs to win it all because I I fucking hate the Islanders and I hate the Lightning. Uh, What do you guys have on this? Dude, I look at the Islanders playing defense against Tampa. Where the fuck has Steven Samkos been? He's been non-existent in the series. 100%. completely neutralized Steven Stamkos. I think he's been playing against the Pajot line, which has been ridiculous at defense throughout the playoffs. Neutralized Bergeron last round, and now they got Stamkos looking like a pedestrian. And Kucherov played a terrible game last game. Mm-hmm. He was all over the place last game. So Braden Point's been the only consistent. He's so good. For me, and yeah, I mean – like you said, I would, I would give anything to have him on the Rangers. Yeah, dude. he. I think he's the most underrated player in the league. And also, you mentioned Steve Stamkos. They came out with like a mock Team Canada Olympic uh, roster the other day, and they had Stamkos in the lineup. And I was thinking about it like, is he still there, dude? Like, I know he's like still kind of a good player, but I was looking at some of the guys that they would have had scratched, and I'm like, I think I would probably rather have them in the lineup than Steve Stamkos. I what's, think since he missed all that time, he's, he's not the same player anymore. I don't think he's he is. He's the only 60-goal scorer I've seen since I started watching hockey. That's what's crazy to me. That's he's wild. He's the only guy I've seen hit that mark since I started watching in, like, 09. That's crazy. I never – I didn't even think of that. I just – I I think growing up, like, Steve Samkos, he had that one-timer. He was electric. He was fast. And, like, maybe it's just – maybe it's the, the Islanders line doing this, but you nailed it. He's just kind of a pedestrian now. Like, 
when yeah. he gets the puck, I don't really get any sort of, oh, shit, Steve Stamko has the puck like you used to. Over. No, I think I think he needs the puck in space with a shooting lane in order for him to still be scary at this and point. And that doesn't happen yeah. in the playoffs, man. How, no, how often do you have time to fucking talk? Yeah. So I want to ask a question to you guys because I asked it in the in the group chat. No one really answered me. But like, what is a more fraudulent Stanley Cup? If the Tampa Bay Lightning go back to back while circumventing the salary cap, or when Brett Hall had his big ass camped in the crease for Dallas? Shout out, Fink. Your Stanley Cup's fake. Yeah. Which is a bigger stain on hockey if it happens, dude? It's so hard because if it was the Rangers, I'd be fully supporting everything that they're doing. <laughs> oh yeah, cheat the salary cap all you want. No, yeah. we're the bad boys of the league. Like I would fucking love that shit, but because they're not the Rangers, and they just whine so goddamn much man. all the time. That's the thing. Like if they just and Kucherov's a kind of a worm now. Like he's kind of dirty. He's like he's such a scumbag. Dirtiest player in the league. He's such a scumbag, <laughs> and it's not talked about nearly enough. Like he really is. Like well, because like at least when Marshawn, at least when Marshawn was doing scumbag things, he had like the dignity to be like upfront about being a scumbag because he was dropping ninety points a year. Like Kucherov thinks he's being subtle, but you're like you're just a rat. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, and maybe like me, Marshan would get suspended. Yeah, I don't think Kucherov's ever gonna get suspended for slew footing somebody. No. Marshan also licked a guy in the face, so like it's a different breed of scumbag. <laughs> but I I appreciate one more than the other. Yeah, it's a rough luck, Callahan. Uh, I I don't I don't know who do you guys have winning the series? Um, I think like you said, dude, it's kind of a fucking toss up. I think it honestly. Who? So there's three games left. Are two of the games played in the Coliseum, or two of the games played down in two Tampa? In Tampa. That change that, that matters a lot. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think if there were two games in the Coliseum, I don't think there's any chance Islanders lose those games. But now I'm gonna go Lightning just because of that. And it's not like the Lightning have sick home ice either. It's just the fact that like you're not gonna have Long Island dickheads like screaming at you the whole time. Yeah, my gut says this comes down home ice and Tampa's gonna take it in seven. Because yeah. I worship chaos, like I just I can't go the same direction you guys are going. And like honestly, yeah, like home ice matters, but like, do I trust do I trust New York to steal one from Tampa on the road more than I trust Tampa to win at the Coliseum? Absolutely. I feel I mean, like if the Islanders, right I don't know. I feel like if the Islanders make the cup finals, I think they're going to win. But I feel like if the Lightning make the cup finals, depending on who it is, so I think it's Tampa's, a toss-up. Tampa's up one nothing right now. I think if the Islanders come back and win tonight, it's over in six. The Islanders win if they win tonight, and it's going to be over fast. But it's not a huge game for the Islanders. I got Tampa in seven. Yeah, I mean that. That's that's. I think it's going seven no matter what. But you're right. I don't know. We will see. I am gonna have to wrap this thing up though because there's a giant thunderstorm coming in here quickly. So let's just get into. We're gonna do our this or that. This is our new debut segment. Um, I'm just gonna fucking list off two things. You tell me what one you like more. This or this or that. This this or that. Um, can jam or spike ball. Spike ball. You're going spike ball. So you went, you went, you went too quick on it. So like, this is the problem because like Can Jam was a thing in my life from like 2009 to 2012. It was huge, and it was massive, right? Huge. And like, because everyone and their sister in like southwestern Ontario has a cottage somewhere near a lake, and just like those like long weekends, and you play Can Jam from the time the sun comes up until the time you pass out drunk on the lawn, or until the yeah. sun goes down, whatever comes first. Yeah. But like spike balls made a big surge, but like I'm pretty sure if I was in like a store and I saw one next to the other, I think I'd still buy a Can Jam before I bought a spike ball. I think spike it comes down like- to how old you are. Uh, how yeah, old you are? Because I'm younger than you guys, and spike ball was like the official recreational sport of my high school. Like, yeah, can yeah. jam was a thing when we were younger, but like once I was in like 
high school with like going to the beach, like getting drunk. We always playing spike ball. So yeah, I just, I just turned 30. So that's what I'm saying. I'm also 30. And I feel like when I'm 35 years old, I'll still try to play spike ball. But like when I'm kind of drunk and all I have to do is throw a Frisbee or if I have to use fast twitch muscles, I'm probably just going to want to throw a Frisbee. Yeah. I'm, I'm going with can jam just because of like the nostalgia. And also because like, if I gain 60 pounds in the next like three and a half months, I can still play can jam. Yeah. I can play can jam in a fucking chair if I'm feeling it. Right. Like, yeah. And like, you expect to be getting hammered while you're playing either one or the other. So like, Oh yeah. Simplicity, simplicity kills here. Yeah. I, I'm going to go spike ball, but I think future Jimmy would definitely go can jam. I just, I don't know, dude, I love fucking competing and spike ball is kind of fun. Like, it's yeah. got a little volleyball to it. And like gym class volleyball was the best fucking uh, segment in any sort of high school sports. Like, I mean, I guess you'd have your flag football unit or whatever, but like, I love playing volleyball. So have you guys seen those like cr- crisscross volleyball nets now? But, like it's like four square, but yep. over volleyball. That sounds, that seems like a problem, like a fist of cuffs waiting to happen. <laughs> just fucking laying out, just taking people out. Listen, All right, guys, that was, that was this or that. If you're listening to the podcast, let us know if you want can jam or spike ball. Maybe I'll have Ken come up with the graphic. I know it has nothing to do with hockey, but, Let's branch out a little bit here. And before we wrap it up, we have our Dominic Moore's Heroes and Zeros. Hey, fans. This is Dominic Moore. I'm just going to take you guys through a little bit of the behind-the-scenes stuff here. So each week we do a hero and a zero. I'm actually going to do just a hero. I'm not going to do a zero. I'm going to pump my tires a little bit. Uh, hit a three-run walk-off. First one over the fence. And Let's go! Yep. Uh, against, uh, against a team who who... I really needed to, to do that against. So that was big for me. And then a couple days later, first at bat, grand slam over the fence against the my last company that I worked for. So it's been a big week for Ked, dude. I'm thinking about maybe trying out for the United States softball team. I don't know yet. Uh, definitely definitely better in the field than I am up at bat, but there's nothing better than co-ed softball, twisted tees. Uh, you bring your music, you get your jams going. I love that shit. So, yep, there it is. Twisted Tees, the peach is fucking fantastic. But that is my hero of the week. What do you guys have for your heroes and zeros of the week? Oh, who's going first here? Send it, Bill. Do you guys hear that? Jesus Christ. You okay? <laughs> Storm's coming. Storm is coming. All right, my hero is the the Canadian American border because it's opening up. I can come finally do like an American cross country tour and come visit you, ding dongs. Hell yeah! Uh, I get my second. Uh, I'm going to be waxed and vaxed, hot girl summer as of Sunday. Uh, give me two weeks after that. I'm doing. Uh, I'm renting an RV. I'm literally just going to start in the the like the southwest, work my way up northeast, see all you idiots on the way through, and just zip home. I love I'm that. Excited. You, and you, and I'm going to do positivity like you. Just no zeros this week. Only only good vibes. I love that. Billy, what do you got for here on a zero? I'll go zeros only then. How about that? Uh, I got Ryan McDonough for screening his own goalie and letting Josh Bailey snipe and yep. then missing on that clutch last minute attempt. So Ryan McDonough, zero of the week. I don't hate that. Ryan McDonough, you could have had it all, but you left. But then he won a cup, so he, he kind of did get it all. So. Sad to yeah. think of it about that. Way. Right, can, can go get in your basement, man. Like you're not safe right now. Yeah, it, it'll it'll wow. It's fucking it's come down. All right, guys, that was episode 100 or 210. 210 of the morning skate. Uh Jenkins, Billy the Kid. Thank you guys for tuning in. TMS25 canibrands.com. And uh we will talk to you guys next week. <laughs>